Hello and welcome to All Gospel No Germs. You can follow us on Twitter or email us at allgospelnogerms at stlukesholbeck.org.uk. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, this is a sermon uh, that I preached on Pentecost Sunday, which was the 31st of May 2020. Uh, But before the sermon, Barbara Hardy had written a monologue from the eyewitness position of Peter. She imagined what it would have been like for Peter on Pentecost and in the days leading up to it. And after the monologue, I give us the reading from Acts before I preach. Hope you enjoy. I'll be honest with you. When Jesus died... I didn't know what to do with myself. I even thought about going back to Galilee, taking up fishing again. Then Mary came with her her talk about seeing the Lord alive again. It was unbelievable. But he came. He spoke to us. He forgave me for my denial. And then suddenly he was gone again. And we had our orders. Go and wait in Jerusalem. But wait for what? Some of us thought we ought to be telling other people what we'd seen, but I ask you, who'd believe us? They didn't believe Jesus himself when he spoke to them. And we were no rabbis, just a bunch of ignorant fishermen. Even our accents made people laugh. So for once, I did as I was told. I sat and waited and waited. And then, what can I say? The doors and windows were ripped open and a gale blew through the weight room. It reminded me of what Jesus had said to Nicodemus, that the wind blows wherever it wants to. And this one certainly did. There was no stopping it. And then I looked round, I could see flames on the head of everyone. And I could see from the looks on their face that they could see the same on me. And then it happened. An enormous power filled me from the soles of my feet right up to the top of my head. I couldn't contain it. I opened my mouth and the words just poured out. I couldn't even understand most of it. But they told me later I was speaking all sorts of different languages. Me, who couldn't even manage enough Greek or Latin to help the customers out. Then before I knew it, we were outside and I was shouting at the top of my voice, telling everybody about Jesus. They were listening, understanding. Oh, yeah, some of them thought we were drunk. But nine o'clock in the morning, that's a bit early for anybody. And that, that was the start of it all. 3,000 people became disciples that day, and it just grew and grew from there. I still don't understand the theory behind it all. Paul's your man for that sort of thing. All I know, I was filled with power to do the job I had to do. And that was the day I really became what he called me, Peter the Rock. And so with that in mind, uh, I'm going to now do uh, give us our reading, which is taken from uh, the book of Acts. Uh, I, chapter 2, reading verses uh, 1 to 21. If you'd like to read along, uh, the words will be on the screen. 
When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one hears their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So I had planned on speaking to you today about how the spirit comes bringing power. Uh, On the way in which so often in my life and in your life, probably we keep banging up against uh, a sense that we're just not getting victories. We're not getting anywhere with struggles that we've got in our own personal life. And very quickly i was going to talk about the difference between our willpower which so often runs out and the empowering that the holy spirit gives but the news from america this week and my reading of this passage means that i cannot and i don't think we can avoid the message that we are reading here about what it means to be made one as jesus prayed and we were thinking about that last week Alistair preached on John 17 where Jesus prays let them be one and one of the hallmarks that the spirit brings is unity a sense of togetherness and did you notice just the range of 
different languages that were being spoken, the range of races that were being told that God loves them. Uh, this uh, shirt was a gift some time ago. I haven't worn it yet. I've not been sure whether I should. But today, uh, because I don't uh, want to uh, avoid talking about unity, I wanted to honour uh, the people in church who come from a different race, a different culture to me. And I want to say profoundly and emphatically from the outset that God loves everyone. And I'm going to read quite an extended part of Ephesians, which is Paul's kind of meditation on life in the spirit. What does it look like to have life in the spirit? But first, and very briefly, what is Pentecost? Um, what's going on? Well, I can answer those questions pretty quickly. Pentecost, which means 50, was a Jewish festival coming seven weeks and one day after the Passover. And it took place at the temple in Jerusalem, which is why all the Jews and the Jewish converts have come to Jerusalem in order to take part. They want to make an offering to the Lord. It was a, a first grain offering saying, thank you, Lord, for blessing us with a harvest. Um, and at the same time, they also celebrated, remembered the giving of the law to Moses, which you can read about in the Old Testament in the book of Exodus. So Pentecost has these themes of harvest and law. And Jesus spoke about the harvest, didn't he? Uh, in when he's speaking to the woman at the well back in John 4, he says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and finish his work. And I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. And then in Matthew's gospel, it says that Jesus was going through the villages and the town. He's proclaiming, he's healing, he's delivering, you know, that great Jesus PhD we often talk about. And it says that when he saw the crowds, when he saw the crowds, there was a crowd in our story today, wasn't there? An assembly of people. And we've seen crowds on the news in this country in the last 24 hours with the slight lessening of the restrictions. But we've also seen crowds of protesters and rioters in America. Jesus looked at the crowds and he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd and he says to the disciples the harvest is plentiful but the workers well, the workers are few ask the lord of the harvest to send workers out into the field i don't know if that resonates with you but i see a crowd at pentecost and I think back to the crowd that was assembled before Jesus when he was on trial with Pilate, the same crowd possibly who were baying for his blood. He looked on with compassion. Forgive them, Lord. They don't know what they're doing. Which then brings us to the second theme of Pentecost, which is the law. Now, the law was this external code given to the Jews in the Old Testament that was to preserve their relationship with God. Keep the law and you'll be in good relationship with God. But people consistently failed to keep the law. And Peter, who Barbara just 
imagine what it would have been like for, to be in Peter's head. Peter, one of Jesus' closest friends, reflects on the failure of the law a few chapters later in Acts. You know how it said in the passage that the crowd was filled with Jewish and non-Jewish converts? Well, the Christians later on in Acts are going, well, what should we be expecting of people who haven't been Jews before, but want to have a relationship with God? And they're suggesting that they should put the law onto these non-Jewish people, the Gentiles, you and me mostly. And what does Peter say to the, his fellow apostles, his fellow Jews? He says, why are you trying to test God by putting on the necks of Gentiles a yoke that neither you nor our ancestors were able to bear? And the writer to the Hebrews reflects on this problem with the law, saying it was weak and useless. It made nothing perfect, that this system of sacrifices doesn't actually cleanse our conscience. And ultimately, this written code was a shadow, a promise of something greater that was to come. The harvest is all about Jesus and about his compassion. The law is all about Jesus, because if the blood of bulls and goats couldn't cleanse you or me from sin, well, Jesus' blood can. Now, we often think, don't we, that Pentecost is all about the Holy Spirit. Well, you, you know me by now. It's not. It's all about Jesus because Jesus has been consistently promising that the works that he did, he did, the disciples will keep doing. It's Pentecost is the continued outworking of the cross. The outpouring of the spirit is the continued outworking of the cross. He died for you, that you could be forgiven. Your shame and your guilt taken away. He rose to life again to confirm his victory over death, making a way for us to have eternal life. He ascended into heaven to be able to send us the Holy Spirit and res resume his role as priest and king. And it's from there he pours his spirit on us. And in the song we've sung, we remind ourselves of all that the spirit wants to gift you with. And yet I come back to what was going on at Pentecost. You see, I think all too often in my life, I've thought of the Holy Spirit as a personal gift to me, to make me happy and to make me sort of sail serenely through life. Whereas what do we see Peter do? He stands with the 11. There's community. They're addressing a crowd, a community. And 3,000 more people join this community. Being a Christian following jesus is about becoming the body of christ and so i want to read to you uh, from the good news bible this is a, a translation uh, that some of you will be familiar with and i want to read to you a selection from ephesians 1 and 2 and i'm probably going to wind up there because well you'll see where we get to this is paul writing let us give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for in our union with Christ, he has blessed us by giving us every spiritual blessing in the heavenly world. Even before the world was made, God had already chosen us to be his through our union with Christ so that we would be holy and without fault before him. In all his wisdom and insight, God did what he'd purposed, and made known to us the secret plan he'd already decided to complete by means of Christ. This plan 
which God will complete when the time is right, is to bring all creation together, everything in heaven and on earth, with Christ as head. And, and you also became God's people when you heard the true message, the good news that brought you salvation. You believed in Christ and God put his stamp of ownership on you by giving the Holy Spirit he had promised. The Spirit is the guarantee that we shall receive what God has promised his people. And this assures us that God will give complete freedom to those who are his. Let us praise his glory. But in the past, you were spiritually dead because of your disobedience and sins. At that time, you followed the world's evil way. You obeyed the ruler of the spiritual powers in space, the spirit who now controls the people who disobey God. Actually, all of us were like them and lived according to our natural desires, doing whatever suited the wishes of our own bodies and minds. In our natural condition, we were like everyone else, were destined to suffer God's anger. But God's mercy is so abundant and his love for us is so great that while we were spiritually dead in our disobedience, he brought us to life with Christ. It is by God's grace that you have been saved. In our union with Christ Jesus, he raised us up to be with him to rule in the heavenly world. For it is by God's grace that you have been saved. Through faith, it's not the result of your own efforts, but God's gift, so that no one can boast about it. God has made us what we are, and in our union with Christ Jesus, he has created us for a life of good deeds, which he had already prepared for us to do. Now, I've often stopped there and thought, great. What a wonderful, wonderful truth. Listen to what Paul then goes on to say. You Gentiles, by birth, remember what you were in the past. At that time, you were apart from Christ. You were foreigners, aliens, and did not belong to God's chosen people. You had no part in the covenants, which were based on God's promises to his people. And you lived in this world without hope and without God. But now... In union with Christ Jesus, you who used to be far away have been brought near by the death of Christ. For Christ himself has brought us peace by making Jews and Gentiles one people. And I want to read this morning by making blacks and whites one people. With his own body, he broke down the wall that separated them and kept them enemies. He abolished the Jewish law with its commandments and rules in order to create out of two races, one new people in union with himself. In this way, making peace. By his death on the cross, Christ destroyed their enmity. By means of the cross, he united both races into one body and brought them back to God. So Christ came and preached the good news of peace to all. To you Gentiles who are far away from God and to the Jews who are near to him. It is through Christ that all of us, Jews and Gentiles, are able to come in the one spirit into the presence of the Father. And I need to read that last verse again. It is through Jesus that all of us, 
Jews and Gentiles, blacks and whites, males and female, young and old are able to come in the one spirit into the presence of the Father. I don't want to elaborate much on that except to say this day, brothers and sisters, we need to be praying for not just America, but for the whole world, that this same spirit that drove the disciples to place their lives on the line in bringing this good news that God has reconciled everybody, that God loves everybody, that we would, by the same spirit, be motivated, energised, encouraged and driven to take this good news out. And just start on in your neighbourhood, start in your home, start on your streets. We'll continue to pray for the racial divide we see in America, but we know it's closer to home than we care to admit. Jesus loves you and he loves you regardless of who you are and where you are from. And Pentecost, this giving of the spirit motivates us and drives us to take that message out to more and more people. Amen. Um, let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you for Pentecost. Thank you that on that day, all the races of the world were able to hear your good news in their own languages. And we thank you for the languages we have at St. Luke's. We thank you for this community and we pray that more of your spirit would be poured on us, that this message of reconciliation that we find in you would drive us. Forgive us for the times, Lord, where we think of our relationship with you as a private affair, where you're just making us feel happy. Drive us to love one another. That was your great command. Help us this day by your spirit to love you and love one another. Amen. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, sent by the Father, Ignite in us your holy fire. Strengthen your children with the gift of faith. Revive your church with the breath of love and renew the face of the earth through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can email us at allgospelnogerms at stlukesholbeck.org.uk or follow us on Twitter for news and updates where our handle is gospelnogerms. God bless and take care.